I am so excited to have Mike Senker. He's back, uh, right? He's, uh, he's, he, is, he has taken caution to the wind and agreed to come back. I never said I wasn't. I just, I it's been crazy. <laughs> I, oh, I know. I, I, I'm just always happy. Anytime we can get together. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, this uh, COVID has played a, a, a really big head game um, on everyone. And so for me, coming through 18, 19 months from when this pandemic began uh, and the world I have my fingers in, I'm seeing it from many, many perspectives. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired. I think all the, the sitting tight anxiousness of a year and a half being strong for everyone else. Um, suddenly you, you loosen your butt cheeks and go, huh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, boy, isn't this the truth? And it's so important to have a place where as a minister, the one who's supporting, all that kind of thing to have a place of support. And this is why we need one another, which is why it's such a joy to connect. This um, is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of coachings that I do are on leaders as well as other, just because they, they need a place to, I mean, we all need a place where we mm -hmm. can relax the butt cheeks <laughs> and, and be tired and, 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 yeah. you know, not have to say, well, if I'm really representing Jesus, I just, I never get down. I never get, That's baloney. I never get tired. Absolute baloney. Uh, so, um, absolutely. Then somebody will say, then you're not doing it right. It's like, what? What is wrong? <laughs> okay. So now we're not only tired, and stressed out, but we're condemned. Thanks for that. Yeah. So yep. yeah, yeah. We just need to kind of chill and recognize that we're people uh, doing our thing, living life. I know COVID has impacted you a lot with changes in where the income streams were running or where you thought oh, know, income eh? streams were running and just everything. It's been, it's been poop, poopy, poop making. It's been learning tiring. curves. Yeah, learning curves have gone through the roof. Um, I have moved from uh, being a more primary speaking to a tech professional. <laughs> you know, wow. yeah, like you, like you too. Like you had to learn all this this Zoom stuff, and then how to share, how to record, now right? how to stream properly, how, all this stuff. And uh, I couldn't have done it without some good people around me to coach me and help me. But I'm I've learned, and I'm learning. So. It's been, it's tiring when you realize all the categories that have had to change because we're used to a all comfort zone. Yeah. Pardon? All at one time. Yeah. Right? Yep. right. And then of course you have the issue of people, the way of life has changed. Yep. You know, we're all like, I want to get back to normal. Well, what does normal look like anyway? And is there a normal, what does a new normal look it like? It wasn't working. Right. And I, that's exactly right. So we get an opportunity to upgrade, but there's a struggle. And a lot of times there's grief of letting go to what we knew, not to mention the letting go of, you know, life changes happen. I mean, a lot of people died or lost during that time. And then you have just the regular changes in life going. And I know you do a whole lot of uh, funerals and just counseling people with grief. And uh, I just felt like this might be a huge topic. Even as we were talking, I was like, dang, this is a great topic. How do we handle our grief? Um, uh, and, and, and being okay that we actually have grief. Sometimes, you know, we, we get condemned that we're actually suffering or having a down day or whatever, because we've got this great joy, you know? Well, I mean, the thing is, but we do have real life happening and there's a, okay. there's a tension, um, that we need to be free as a human beings to experience that Christ partook of. And apparently I, I think people forget we're human. Problem. Oh, right. Like the, the, 
I didn't know. I know human. I know. <laughs> we don't become this superhuman because we say we believe in Jesus. Yeah. And then, can, then there's this tag on, well, if you believe in Jesus, really believe in him, then you wouldn't be having these struggles. Exactly. And oh my goodness. That, I mean, that is kind of what it means to be human is to be struggling and growing and being conformed in the image of Christ as everything's kind of hitting you all at once. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that that's a challenge. I mean, this is why we so need one another. Mm -hmm. um, it's so important because we're not going to do this, me and Jesus. I mean, you need Jesus. You need to look to him first. But the bottom line, a lot of times you need to look to Christ and others and just have the companionship. of. Can, I, can, I, can I jump on that for a second? Please jump. Oh my goodness, this got to make Jesus first. That's a great line. And I, I know it's a, I, I want to hijack that because I'm coming lately. You asked, what am I learning lately? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking we don't have to make Jesus first at all. I think Jesus is already the default first. It's, it's up to Jesus to get our attention to realize he's there all along anyway. And suddenly another layer of got to need to um suddenly falls off wow. and that kind of that, that's only the last couple of weeks i caught that and i thought huh make jesus first and I've, I've said that that's why it's kind of funny you said that oh wait sure, a minute. that is Let's so funny dive into that because it's uh it. It, it means it, you're suggesting your self-effort is what's required to maintain any growth or oh, peace yeah. or anything that's the lie well, I didn't, I do believe it does some, say somewhere apart from him, we can do nothing. So he's already first. We can't make him first. Oh, we can do, we can do lots Awaken. without him. Awaken. Oh, we do things all the time, but all apart from him, but you should get into trouble. Yes. I didn't say it was good. We, 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 we get confused. Uh, we really get a wood hand stubble, right? That's, that's yes. the stuff we make oh, in right? our own ego strength. Yes. Oh, that's so good. No. That is so good. I love that. So Jesus is already first. We're not making him first. We're awake. There is no second. He is. And then we need his help to awaken us. But he does it. He, what, I'm, what I'm learning is he's the one dragging us to that revelation. It's not even finding the right speaker, the right video, um, the right teacher, the right scripture, the right meme to post. Who look, look at this incredible thing to watch or listen to. And honestly, it's, it's, it's just Jesus that will draw us to the place where we need to be. And sometimes it's going to take a long time to declutter, uh, to dust, to uh, deconstruct is a word that's often used, but there are things we may have to unlearn. And even in this pandemic, there are patterns in our lives that we've discovered that are useless. And why were we doing them? And the COVID has become a gift in yes. many ways. Yes. Um, and I think it's even been a gift to the church. Because yes. people that go to church ritually found out that churches lied. <laughs> you know, they uh -oh. they don't need to go every Sunday. <laughs> you know, like what? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, you're not worried about them spinning out because they they're not attending. Who's in charge? Cheat us down. Who's in charge of them? Not the church. Uh -huh. It's Jesus in them, yeah. and I think we've gotten such a. Uh, gotten full of ourselves in a in in the church world um that the attendance is key because if they don't attend they don't give right um but i honestly love the fellowship i love the connections and watching some places crash and burn has been painful there are brothers and sisters in christ but it's a, we can learn from 
from the crashes that have happened. So I, this is really making us realize, hang on, um, COVID is making us pause. Now, my life went busier. It didn't slow down. My, my, my kids, yeah, like my kids. Like, where's came that home. pause I was hearing about? I hear a pause. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know because the kids are saying, "Hey, we got all this time. Hey, look, we can we can clean the house. We get COVID time now. We're going to get so many things done." Yeah, right. right. Um, like everybody's got those lists of dreams, but six months in, it's like I don't feel like it. And my world's ramped up. They want more of me. I can't be there because I'm out really trying to make sure we're going to be okay. Um, and that's the kind of the tired I'm catching up from. And now Jesus is showing me, okay, I've let you and it's been great, but now I'm, I'm drawing you to slow down a bit and we got some contemplation time to do. I thought, okay, but he's bringing the attention, right? I'm not trying to find it because he's, he's taking care of his son, right? Yeah. 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 Cannot, we cannot run out, you know, you have tremendous capacity. I have tremendous capacity. You know, I got COVID last month. And one of the things I realized is, um, you know, how, how, how much my capacity waned and that I just had to be okay, not operating wow. at capacity. Wow. You know, it's interesting. I was like, kind of after I kind of got through it, one of the things that happened and I had not just COVID actually COVID was um, other than physically, um, I, I had so much stuff hit the, it was like the, it was like the 2021 uh, month of 2000. It was like the 2020 month of 2021. It was like wow. the crap a month. And at, at the end, you know, my dad died after all of that. And that wow. was kind of the capper. So, so much going on. And I was like, so you're facing okay. grief right now too. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I, there's beautiful navigation, I have to say. Um, but yes. And, um, uh, uh, so for me, and then of course I had COVID breaks. So it like, I was like, okay, I can get, I, I can get it. Yeah. I haven't gotten it. Okay. And so I just had, it was, it was a good humbling and, but mm. I was really, I wasn't kind of rebounding, you know, me three days of cold and you're up to go, you know? And yeah. so it, it was, it was humbling in, in a good way. I, 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 I kind of embraced the humbling uh, because I, if I'm going to suffer, I'm going to learn from it. I've just, you know, this is me. If I'm going to suffer, there's going to be something on the other side, but the Lord, in my sort of slowing down or being forced to slow down and not being productive and not like I wanted, no, I can't do that. I want, no, I can't do that. No, I'm, no, I'm not ready to do that. Right. I just don't, or yes, I want to write. I've got nothing to say, right. Whatever that is. And so the Lord literally like talk about taking care of his daughter. And this is really beautiful. Uh, he said, Catherine, you know, cause I was ready. I was actually getting ready to work on my book. I thought, okay, great. I, you know, I've, I've, my schedule's cleared. I can write. And like, not, I got two, literally two lines and that was it. And the Lord said, Catherine, I want you to sit down and review everything that you've lost or changed or whatever that happened that imploded in this month and what it meant to you. Mm. Four hours later, I was still journaling. Wow. And then I realized that Catherine, why are you trying to get up so quickly as if like, oh, it's just a flash. I know. Point, I know. Right? And it was such a good humbling and just a reminder, oh my God, Catherine Tune is human. And it also helped me work out the grief. I'd kind of been doing it in bits and pieces, but I didn't string it along because sometimes when you're kind of knocked down, uh, the knockdown of one thing with a knockdown of something else with a knockdown of something else amplifies what would have been um, easier to cope with or whatever, if it just weren't one thing, right? Yep. 
And, um, and so it was such a good exercise. And then I also had to realize, you know, um, there were times when I just didn't have, I had a really crapola attitude. I'm sorry, this is just what it is. And I was like having to be kind to myself in the midst of that, you know, granted, I don't, it, when I get like that way, I really usually just kind of retreat, not that I'm trying to avoid people, but I don't want to vomit on people, but yeah. I do, um, I, I do, um, uh, you know, actually let the Lord help me. If I need to reach out to someone, I will. But I, you know, I just figure until I'm in a better place, they don't need me, my vomit on top of all the vomit they're experiencing. Yep. So that was kind of one of the ways that the Lord has really guided me uh, during this last time. And we're not done. I mean, I, I've recovered so much, but I, I've, I've realized something just like you. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to let you speak. I'm so sorry, Mike. I'm blabbing. Don't be sorry. This is, this is a conversation. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, so, um, I, I've just realized that there's a new way of running and that we are in this place of dependency. And, and if we're not kind of operating with a fruitfulness of how we used to define fruitful, hmm. we let Jesus define what that looks like. See, because if we're not enough with not being able to really perform, we're just not enough. And uh, we're just complete in him, regardless of whether we're clicking the boxes or doing the good ministry that we were doing before. It just doesn't have to look like that. Anyway, so get, share. I know God's been doing a ton with you, so I want to hear it. Well, um, I think you and I have similar busy uh, personalities and uh, we notice in others that when they don't want to face meaningful things that they need to face in their lives, grief or a crisis, um, they avoid it by being busy or busier yeah. because to slow down. And for me as a guy uh, to feel, feel this one thing I learned in my counseling a number of years ago when I was going through my therapy from sexual abuse uh, from when I was younger. Um, I didn't know that I was heading to extra alcohol. Um, I, I didn't feel I was an alcoholic. And some people would say, well, you're just denying it. But when the counselor said to me, you're increasing your alcohol intake because it's your vice. It's, it's not alcoholism. It's a vice you go to so you don't have to feel because you don't know how to handle the feelings when they come. And so that just changed everything like in a snap. And I realized people do that in their lives. They go shopping, they buy on Amazon, they don't drink and click, you know, <laughs> you know, because they're trying to avoid emotions that they can't even identify. Right. And so in your, in your world, you were, you were forced to stop and you had grief going on as well, which is a gift. So, you know, it's sometimes easier just to work me busy than have to deal with people or crises. <laughs> right. Or, or honestly feel the pain of, yep. because for me, obviously a death is just a loss and it wasn't a COVID death. He was, he had been um, ill for quite some time. So it was kind of expected and he'd had a yep. long life. But still, it's still but, real. But so when they're, loss well, and then unresolved issues that happen, you know, given that relationships aren't perfect. You know what I mean? And so what is, what does all that mean? How do you navigate that? And so, um, you know, there's grief throughout the whole, there's this grief all the time. There's grief when you had a way of living and you don't have that living anymore. Everybody's talking about, we want to get back to normal. We're like, what is normal? What is the new normal? What is an, what is an upgraded normal? And, um, so and tell, tell, tell that to a parent 
who has to go into a long-term care home because nobody can take care of them properly. They want to go back to normal. There is no normal. So this concept of back to normal Mm -hmm. is a, uh, I want the security of knowing what's going to happen. It's about control. So even, even for your grief, I don't know if you realize this, but you've been, you you got double hit with grief. You got the grief before your dad passed away. You knew he was going to pass away. There's a grieving process that happens, but they don't tell you it starts all over and it's totally new when they actually pass away. And that's something people are not prepared for. Yeah. I thought that was, that's powerful. You've probably experienced that already. That is so powerful. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's, you know, whatever, whatever expectations you had that weren't fulfilled or, uh, you know, or that kind of thing, or things that happened that did happen that were not maybe positive. And you're just having to grapple with all those things because you get it all at once. It's kind of summation of that relationship in your life. And, um, and, and there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. Um, and I, I so, oh man, Mike, I so appreciate this conversation because I think a lot of times um, we've glorified the ability to kind of keep on trucking, right? <laughs> Suppressing. And, and, and yeah, and with that, we suppress and we get disconnected from our own hearts. And then we wonder why we're having all this crappy feelings that we're, we're, we're um, medicating with busyness, with good things, with ministry, uh, with alcohol, with whatever sex, with whatever we're medicating with, with shopping, um, whatever that is with eating, overeating, all of that. Yeah. I have a new curve to flatten. (laughs) (laughs) It's awful. Can relate you and so many of us, right? I know the curved cove. (laughs) Oh my God. That is just so crazy. I I have noticed something um, big in the, in the funeral world since we were talking about. Yes. um, Yes. Let's talk about that. Um, In COVID, a couple of things have happened. Uh, families were forced to not be able to have any kind of service or at least here in Canada, I don't know what it was like for you, but we were allowed a maximum of nine family members in the funeral home and the officiant. That was the rules for safety. Uh, And then they did zoom or live stream and those kinds of things. But many, many, many people opted to have nothing. And I think that is one of the greatest hurts in the grieving process. You're now extending the process and you don't even know it. Um, the closure. Absolutely. Well, there's, there's, there's steps to it now. However, COVID can give us, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a bonus to this. If you end up having a, a small service during COVID, and right now we're still in COVID, right. um, you also get to do a do-over later and turn it into more of a celebration. So there's a two part, part one is the, you've got to, and then part two is okay, that's over. Now there's a different attitude when you come together for a memorial and you kind of celebrate in a new way. It's not too late. And so people forget that or they're forget they're not doing anything. They say, we'll do it later. And they're not. So yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of a that big hurt. Kind of waiting to see if uh, my father's wife wants to do a memorial. We've done some things online, but we're kind of waiting to see. And it, it's a, you know, I, I just want to honor her in that. You don't have uh, any control in that. Yeah, no, no, that's not my place. I, I, enc- I encourage folks to do a graveside if you have to. Like go do a graveside service, especially if it's cremation, you can set the time Uh, it's outside. So it's a lot safer. Go do a graveside. Then later you can have your own small um, memorial service uh, to remember after COVID is uh, relaxed. Right. Um, But that first 
step of public acknowledgement because to me the committal is the public acknowledgement the earth suit gave out right and we need that like even though the family's been grieving since the moment they died right. now there's this stamp of now is the day because right. you have in your calendar that's the day we did the service yeah. you're never going to forget that yeah. well if you don't have anything it's like i feel like something's left undone because it is yeah. Right. Um, so I really encourage folks, if you have a loved one, if you're putting things off and you've had a loved one pass away, have something soon. Don't wait any longer. You can do another larger one at a, right. at a time of year when it's meaningful, like even at Christmas, have a, a right. time to remember, light a candle sure. in their honor and have a conversation about them. Yeah. There are healthy ways to process the grief, but not doing anything is not one of them. I had a family member, uh, not my family, but it a connection to me uh just recently the the deceased didn't want anything yeah. oh please don't fuss over me i don't want anything right well the the not partner really you. <laughs> well exactly it's not right. about you right it's for the living but the partner wants to honor them and yeah. they're not doing anything and yet they're connected to a bunch of other people so mm -hmm. that's a really difficult thing because the goodbye collectively yeah. is so important yeah, so i was and that's kind of actually my situation because my dad didn't want anything. Um, I mean, like actively didn't want anything. And so that's been like toss you out in the forest, right? That kind of right. an attitude. Well, exactly. And yeah. you no, know, and, and uh, so it's well, it's it's well intentioned, but it's wrong. Him. What do you have? What do you recommend for those people that say, you know, they're the ones that are kind of the person to decide or whatever or to fulfill yep. the wishes or whatever, and they don't have that? What do you recommend? Um, because cere ceremonies do matter, and I think sometimes yep. we pretend like they don't. You know, we it's just a piece of paper, it's just a whatever. No, they matter for our, 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 our hearts and uh, for us to kind of embrace the new uh, say goodbye to the old and embrace the new what that the looks journey like the person the right the milestones matter yeah yep. so they what, do what do you recommend say say uh, what would you recommend for me because obviously i can't override um, no but it's a bit late um uh for you because right. you're not an executor or a power of attorney or anything like that so have the discussions with the living when you can you need to have your talks with your parents or whoever, with your spouses. Lori and I, my wife and I, we've been talking about, wait a minute, we should probably talk about what happens if one of us has to need extra care, you right. know, because I hear the fights all the time. No, we want them home and the, the couples get worn out trying to take care of each other. Oh, when, you know what I mean? Like that's a whole other world. Exhausting. I mean, yeah, that, I work that, in long -term that care. will knock you out. Yep. Absolutely. That's a whole different topic, but it's, so it's not... Well, it's part of the discussion because yep. part of it is how do we handle in the decline yep. before whatever? And those have are agreements, right? Very real. So it's so important to be brave and have these brave, uncomfortable yep. discussions. Um, resolve what you can um, with things, uh, you know, with relationship issues, discuss things. It's yep. so important because, I mean, once they're gone, they're done. So two things I would say to the individual who says, I don't want anything, right. please don't fuss about me. Um, usually it's because they saw or were part of very long funeral services in the past. Oh. Catholic ones are an hour long because they, they just do the ritual mass. Rarely will the priest ever let them give a eulogy unless they're a really cool priest, then, then maybe they'll let them in or if they're a big donor. <laughs> funny how that works. I'm, I'm not kidding in oh, in evangelical in evangelical churches it's a long sermon tapped in there um it's 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 those things that uh hijack 
um, the goodbye, making it religious. And that is why people say, I don't want anything. So to those that say, I don't want anything, let me encourage you, give your family members permission to at least have something small and short. Mm-hmm. Um, give them that decision and freedom to make that decision because it's not about you. It is about the living, trying to cope with the loss. And by you saying you want nothing or to throw my, uh, cremate me and toss me out in the forest or dump me in a river where I used to fish. um, Those are nice thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, but it's unloving to demand your family not do anything. I I just think it's very selfish and and just not thought through. It really isn't. I think it's not thought through a lot of times. And I mean, it seems to me if that's what kind of like the wishes say, um, you know, just dump me in the river where I fished. Well, you can hold a little something, a little little something. Yes. And, and share five minutes, 10 minutes, right. So that you have that opportunity and then honor that. So it doesn't need to be on religious surface. Yeah. Yes. I do a lot of graveside committal services now and they last 10, 15 minutes. And basically I'll start with a poem or reading the family gets to choose. Uh, If they want a prayer, they have to say so. Um, Rarely do I do the Lord's prayer. Once in a while I'll do Psalm 23, usually a newer version. And if they want anything religious, I just read a nice poem. And then I do a popcorn eulogy. So I say, okay, tell me about who they, who they were to you. What, what's something you're really going to miss? And they just, you know, react like popcorn, boom, boom, boom. Um, And that's an easy way to draw out some thoughts. Um, And and then you say, okay, together we now say goodbye. And that's it. And they watch the urn go down. They watch the casket go down. To me, that closure is critical. And some, again, this is about lowering, the lowering part. Some people say, well, I don't want to see it lowered. Well, let me encourage you to not play um, uh, the emotional card. Oh, it might devastate my loved ones. Really? They need to see this. They need to wake up that life is short and that nobody gets out alive. And so watching that casket go down, it sounds cheeky and funny, but it's true. (laughs) Um, But when the casket goes down, that's the last step. You can't, if you leave with a casket left up, not lowered, if it's possible, sometimes it's not possible. They're still hanging, right? Well, that's that's one thought, but Mm -hmm. couples of families have told me um, long after, so, you know, we felt we left our loved one just alone in the open. Um, because if you lower, you'll never have that feeling and it's closure. It's the last step. You can't undo that, but you can't. Yeah. Yeah. So to have that visual, you know, throw a flower down as a send off, uh, throw a a shovel of a small, you know, garden shovel of, of dirt uh, down as a symbolic dust to dust, earth to earth. Like there are ways to make it meaningful for all the participants. It doesn't have to be long or religious. So it's so beautiful. I just, I'm, Mike, that's so Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. And like for all the preachers out there, stop trying to slip in a long sermon. Stop it. This is not the time. But we're here, we're here to evangelize. No, you're not. You're not that not good at it. It's not the time to have an altar call. Well, if your church isn't growing every week, then you're not good at it. So don't right. try it here. Right. So like, I'm sorry. Minister to the body. Yeah. And that's so good. What about the ones, um, what, what about the ones who are, you know, really, kind of anti-god i mean my, my yeah, dad was perfect. anti-god yep. so perfect. how does that how does Easy. that work yeah yeah i usually tell families uh, i offer three different gods <laughs> and they kind of go what <laughs> i say yeah the first god is don't you dare mention don't you dare mention him because we're pissed off with him or he doesn't right. exist right. so there's no god okay. then there's the heavy god please preach do an altar call and really long service blah, blah blah which nobody wants if they call me and then i say well or i have diet god or god light street so yeah. go ahead god light okay god light like bud light you know just the good stuff 
And uh, they, what's that? So, well, it's, uh, you know, the love of God, comfort of Christ without, you know, anything long. Well, we don't want that. Okay. It's great. So That's they get to right. choose how much or how little, but if it's a totally non-religious thing, um, my wording matters. So when I do the committal wordings, instead of saying in the name of the father, son, Holy spirit, we commit their body to the resting place. The spirit we leave with God as mankind was created from dust to dust. We will return dust to dust, ashes to ashes, earth to earth. That's the traditional wording. But in the non-religious one, it's actually almost more beautiful. It's like, we now commit their body to the resting place. Their spirit uh, has been set free. May the memories you have live on the stories you continue to share. And sometimes I'll do a blend of the two, keeping spirit set free. Um, and people so like that. Place it, and spirit stuff. I like that one better. Yeah. And because that, I that trust God so with Jesus. the outcome. Right. That is so Jesus. They can rest. Right? Mm -hmm. because they're going to encounter God they don't know about yet, but they can rest. And I have people well ask me all the time, how can you do services, funeral services for people who are unbelievers? <laughs> Easy. I commit their spirit to God. I kind of trust God with the outcome. <laughs> like I have no problem with that. <laughs> like, well, we're doing that anyway. Believer, unbeliever, right? I mean, destination obsession. That. Yeah, destination right. obsession is the greatest hindrance to all these little details. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's beautiful, Mike. That is really beautiful. I love it. I love doing funerals. I love connecting with families. I like removing the cloak of religion mm -hmm. and offering a more free, real approach to it. And it's changed me. I, I, oh. I, I can't stomach churchianity much anymore. It's, it's hard. I'll, I'll lovingly sit through stuff. But right. if it's my turn to lead, we're going to, we're going to have a smile here. Oh. You know, we're going to, as best we can, sometimes you can't, it's right. so tragic. It's like, nope, you just can't. So I don't know. What about, how do you counsel the people that are worried about their loved ones going to eternal conscious torment? How do you help them with that? Um, if they're yeah. asking me at the time, I say, now is not the time to talk about it. Gotcha. It just is not. You're too emotionally wasted. Yes. Um, and to have an intellectual, meaningful conversation about the destinations. Right. Uh, let's just say Jesus said a whole lot less about the topic than the church does. So we're obsessed as a church. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, th I so, think we're afraid that if we don't preach hell, we're going to go there. We're so go there. one of my favorite, one of my favorite readings, let me just pop it up uh, on my screen. One second. Um, one of my favorite readings at funerals, because I think it is the most profound text in all of scripture that expresses God's relentless love towards everyone and goes like this Romans 8 38 and 39 oh my goodness says, yes. yep I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love then I look at the casket death can't then I look at them life can't the angels can't, the demons can't, our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we're high above the sky or hiding in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Pause. That is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh my God. And, and my that's God. how I read it. That because those emphases are brutal. And churchy people, they right. know it's scripture. Right. So they <laughs> non church really people argue. are going, wait a minute. Hell, hell's not an issue now. Right. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. 
That and is I'm happy. So beautiful. <laughs> right? I'm just telling you, because I'm like, wow. Because when you were saying, I love doing funerals, I'm like, dang. Uh, but now since we're looking at the transcendent yep. beyond and we're celebrating with what's here because love's here and love's there, right? Wherever you're, wherever you locate yourself, so, love is there. He fills up all the space. In light of that, um, some churchy folks, which drives me nuts, uh, are, are the worst people that give horrible advice or phrases to others at a funeral. Oh my God. Um, they try and play the, yeah. he's with the Lord in a better place and all this stuff that doesn't help the family right then and there. So I don't care. I want him here now. Right. So the, the, the wording of what we say to people is really, really, really important. Yeah. Um, the, help us with what not to say. Oh, I have a list. I have like 99 things of what not oh to say. God. Oh yeah. Wow. I've, I've taught a conference on, on grief, grace and grieving, I call it. And so it, it is a profoundly deep uh, event. In fact, in that, in that seminar conference, I, I talk about actually how to plan a service. It's an easy way that you can plan a funeral service in a meaningful way, but I talk to believers and church folks and non-church folks. Here's what not to say. You know, they're in a better place. Oh, they're just as an angel in the sky. By the way, if people say that and like they're reading a poem, you know, you now you're an angel looking down on us. Don't correct them. Right. Like right. all these Jesus people who try and play happy and not right. and not take the law seriously drive me nuts because it's nothing like Jesus. And I'm reminded of Lazarus showing up. Um, or sorry, Jesus showing up late for a funeral. I, I jokingly say, guys, did you know Jesus was late for a funeral? Not right. 10 minutes like some of you, but you know, just kidding. Yeah. He's he's like days, like four days late. Right. I think he's four right. days late. Late. For, and not only that, his best friend. Are you kidding? So uh, then I talk about what Jesus does when he shows up. He doesn't have a snotty attitude of, guys, seriously, you don't trust me, do you? Right. He doesn't do that. Right. He identifies as a human and identifies with the pain and loss around him. And it says Jesus wept. He does not say, oh, look, I think there's a tear coming down his cheek. He wept. Wow. And I think that tells us that Jesus identifies with us in our humanity. That is to me the greatest lesson out of that text. That is so incredible. True. I mean, really, when you think about that, him identifying with where we live, it's not saying, well, you know, you have, he's in a better place. So why are you grieving? Well, it's like, because I, he's not here or she's not Bingo. here. Bingo. Don't right. play the deflection. If you, right. if you give advice to deflect people, because people mean well, they're trying to right. help the person feel better. Now right. is not the time to make them feel better. They just want to be heard and their grief acknowledged. So any advice I would give people, stop trying to fix the grieving. Don't tell them they're in a better place. Don't tell them God must have wanted their, you know, he, he only takes the best. Well, what does that make me? <laughs> like, like all that stuff. Like right. the dumb phrases that I have heard over and over mm -hmm. um, just make no sense anymore. And usually it's from the church world. It's, it is. And it's usually to make ourselves feel better because we're uncomfortable with other people's grief. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. That sums it up perfectly. Right. Because we haven't learned how to feel. Yes, exactly. Or we, or we feel like, boy, if it's negative, we need to fix it. No, we need to experience it. We need part of, part of, part of being a full human beings experiencing the foibles and the grief and the negative parts of being fully human <clears throat> and engaging well, people, in the process. Here's a thought. People think that um, 
they're supposed to replace darkness with light. And so when they see that kind of pain, they try to speak light into it, trying to diminish the darkness. Mm -hmm. What if that's not true at all? What, what if like Jesus or like the Psalms, where it says light and dark are the same to you? There is no difference. Yeah. So wait a minute. Our definitions are messed up. <laughs> that, that's profound. Mm -hmm. That is profound. And there's something about encountering God in our pain that we're not medicating, where, he, uh, where he's able to bear with us in it. Well, right. Take a look at Peter. Peter's right. a great example. Yeah. Jesus did not say, oh, I'm going to spare you from your pain. He says, I'm going to pray for you, Peter, so that once you are through this, you'll be able to encourage others. Jesus did not promise the removal of pain and suffering. He promised he'll be with us in it. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that might mean him just hugging us. And that's it. Wait. No whispers of wisdom or truth or theology. It's just hugging and crying. Right. Oh, that's so good. A presence matters. Yeah. Presence shut matters. Not just, just with him, up. but with one another, which is yeah. why I think COVID has been so hard, right? Mm -hmm. Because we haven't been allowed that, but there are ways to get around that, right? There's, there are ways to get ministry. There are and wise ways. Yep. Right? Wise ways to do that. But in, in the place of our loss, where we encounter God, we know him in a way there's no other way to know him. Yep. And he value that's why he's with us in the journey through the valley had, shadow of death. He's with us, right? Last, no, last like November, that's true. Mm -hmm. Last November, I uh, started working in a long-term care home. Actually, it was October, but it was in November 14th. Mm -hmm. um, I was called to the home and a woman, husband and wife were in a room and the husband passed away in the room with her in the room. She couldn't get out of bed to help him. It was just a very, very sad, sad circumstance. And because I've been doing funerals, you know, they, they said, we can't do anything because it's right in the heart of COVID. It was right, bad. Right, right. And so um, I, this is the very first time I did a Zoom funeral. Wow. I planned everything exactly the same. I created a slideshow. Wow. We invite all of our friends into the Zoom call. Wow. Um, and we had a really good service. We had a, like a, a 45 minute service. And then it was an hour and 15 minute conversation, meet and greet afterwards. Wow. And it worked. I thought, yeah, folks, there is a way to do this. You know, that's, so, that's beautiful. It's really cool. That's beautiful, Mike. Wow. So there's a way there is a way to still honor your loved one. Um, it doesn't have to be in person. It can be via zoom for now. And then when you meet in person someday, then you just take a moment, light a candle and have a conversation, have a, uh, uh, something that represents who they are yeah. and their memory visible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. That, it makes a difference. That's really, that's, that's just amazing. Wow. Anyway, that's, that's what I've learned lately, you know, and COVID has, you know, knocked the socks off a lot of people, drained people, um, changed the rules, mm -hmm. but grief is real. And you're right. We've been forced to be still and not talk as much. Um, all the introverts are, are loving this quiet isolation. <laughs> right, right, right. But they and do the want to get out too. Dying. <laughs> well, they, yeah. Um, but now we're entering a new phase of gently reopening and all the social tensions of, of uh, opinions of COVID and vaccines yeah. and all that stuff. It's awful, uh, which makes us realize we got it's back to just Jesus. It's not about being right. Oh and I, th I think more people need to be quiet about their opinions. 
They said, well, I'm just, I'm just sharing on my own page. Well, you're still bringing it up. Just, just you're, if you are not the medical professional, be quiet. You're not qualified. Like we already know your opinion right. over and over and over again. Stop right. it because you're not helping people grieving. You're creating more tension and making it more and more difficult. So, and even for those that are on the other side of the issue, be quiet. They know what you think. Everybody just chill. Boy, this is true. You know, and I kind of early on when, because there's so many different camps you can fall into, whatever, Um, you know, and I was talking to the Lord. I said, do do I, I mean, I have opinions about it. Just like everyone else, you know, everybody has an opinion. They're like noses. They're usually full of holes, right? Everyone's got one, (laughs) right? Um, And I was like, Lord, do I need to come out with this? I mean, you know, like I'm going to be wimpy or whatever. And he was like, honey, I gave you a mandate that's not changed. And so it's really for me. So my greatest contribution has not changed. Yep. Right. As a matter of fact, it's ramped up because this revelation of our oneness with a person who is love, uh, who's wild about you, who never leaves, never forsakes you, all the different stuff, right? It's needed more than ever. Yes. And it brings clarity. You know, you and I, last time we connected, I believe we were talking about hope. Well, hope is not Mm. changed. As a matter of fact, hope Hope blazes greater in the place where there's people have realized that what they put their hope in yep. is falling through, right? And so what is the eternal that we can put our hope with? That actually really stands. You know, this is not religious gobbledygook. It's like, no, this will uphold you, you know, for eternity. Faith, hope, and love remain the greatest of these is love. Yep. So, you know, it will outlast. I've had, I've had the Holy, I've had the Holy Spirit run up the stairs and tell me, remove that post. That's my wife, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, cause I know, cause I've, I've had opinions or reacted to somebody. I got caught into the reaction with an right. opinion and realized, no, my, what, what's my message? Hope, grace, love. Jesus. If I start to bring in politics, now I'm conf- now I'm going to split. Or if I bring in COVID opinions, like strong ones, right. uh, I, I don't mind talking about loosely and carefully and safely. That's fine. But when you get into the opinions of it, you just divided even more people. Jesus is not into that. And so right. there's enough in the news about it. We don't need to be another information giver. Usually it's skewed information anyway. I don't care what side right. you're on. Oh boy, this so, is so true. I, and it doesn't think, bring life to people. No. So I see pastors and, and teachers say, well, you know, I'm standing up for truth. Well, really? Are you? I, I, I think you're standing up for your opinion. Go back to your grace stuff because that's good. This is not. Right. Go to your, well, go to the hope. And truth is a person. And I believe you just, yep. you know, it's, it's kind of our constantly trying to uh, put Jesus on our altar in our camp, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we're trying to make him Caesar in our particular political (laughs) party or our particular vaccine party or our particular whatever. And it's like, he just refuses. He's just like, Nope, that's not me. Look, look unto me. I I, I'm, I'm, I'm love. I'm truth. I'm light. I'm life. I'm all of these things. And I am eternal. You know, at some point a COVID's not going to be the big thing at some point uh, that will happen. Right. But it'll be something else. Right. And so we rallying around the eternal that actually brings life and actually bears fruit in and of himself. Um, as we're, as we're, you know, remaining in him and all that kind of thing uh, in, in, in our mindset. It's not like we go in and out of Christ. It's just, we get in and out of our awareness of him. I think, I think if we recognize Christ in us as us, the mm-hmm. oneness of us, yeah. okay. With Christ, I'm not Christ, yeah. but Christ is in me. I'm one with Christ. Yeah. 
Um, when I realize that whatever journey I'm going into, whatever celebration or grief I face, it's still the same Christ. So when we think it's only about being happy, um, happy is about happiness or happenings, but joy is about contentment and the person of Christ. So facing grief, don't try to sidestep, um, the journey, go through it. It says, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's not talking about the dead end. It's a valley. Right. It's you go through it. I always thought it saw it as a dead end, oh. <laughs> but it's not. No, so, it's and it's on the other side, it says we go from strength to strength. So there's an upgrade in the place of having gone through that valley. If, if it's a death, if it's a, another type of death, right? When we go through a valley, God brings us out on the other side. And it says we, we go from strength to strength. So there's an upgrade on the other side. There's an upgrade in knowing who God is because he's been something for you that he wasn't before. And he's able to bring the eternal and then he's able to bring you out on the other side. At very least, you're going to come, come out more compassionate, mm. maybe more humble. Uh, maybe able to bear. Yeah, dang, right? <laughs> maybe able to bear with other people, maybe yep. being able to look at what really matters. Maybe he's bringing you through Catherine to rest more, <laughs> to rest more, right? To operate from that place of rest, to be content with what you have while he's bringing you through. Yep. Um, there's what, what, what do we learn? Every time we learn, we grow. And every time we grow, we're, we're, we're manifesting as the sons of God at another level from glory to glory. We're being unveiled. And that has value, releases creation from its groaning to some extent. And that's what we can gain in the midst of all these losses. But you can't shortcut. You can't short. I mean, when I look past the reason I know in my knower, the reason I have such an intimacy with the Lord is that we've been some ugly places together. He's seen my ugly. He's seen the ugly things that have happened. And man, he's brought me through and redeemed something beautiful on the other side. Man, you know your God like that. You know him, mm -hmm. right? And it's not this religious gobbledygook. It's not a, a, but it's something that actually builds you up. And it's something that people, circumstances, death can't take away. Yep. And it's really amazing. And I know you've had your own amazing journey. Uh, with that, not as done. Yeah, right, right. We're 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 on it. We're on it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we're going to encounter people on the way that we never saw coming. That you oh. haven't met them yet. I haven't met them yet. Um, and one thing I am learning on during a crisis that happened a couple of years ago, um, quit focusing on trying to become. I think in the Christian world, we're trying to become more mature, trying to earn a title, earn status, reputation, because we're trying to grow a ministry. Oh, my goodness. How about just love the person right in front of you at that given moment? That, that, uh, that, that's it. There's nothing greater. It's all about people. It's all about loving one another. That's, he's drawing us together in one list, which means we love as he loves and we're growing in that capacity. That's, that's it. That's the eternal thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what death teaches us that people matter loves eternal. And, you know, that's well, when, when I see pictures in a slideshow, I don't see coin collections, car, coll well, I might see a cool car, but you don't see money collections, you know, teacup collections, yeah. spoon collections. Right, right. You see family fit pictures. Mm -hmm. You see time at the dock, kids playing in, in a pool. You see people. Mm -hmm. And that's something we got to remember. And some of our conversations are destroying our relationships and we need to stop and realize, hang on. Um, do I, is, is this, is what my issue is going to matter in 10 years? If not, then repent, change your mind. So good.
That's so good. Yeah, we need to be aware to the, the most important thing is the one in front of you. So that means we guard each other's hearts. Not like so if, if what I'm going to say is going to tear that person down, I need to guard their heart with what I'm saying. Maybe I just need to not like put my two cents in there. It's probably 0.01 cent in there because it's not going to, it's not going to minister to their hearts. And so, and then what happens is we sacrifice relationship. Bingo. One of the biggest things I see in all the funerals I do um, is that while we live, we are constantly sending messages, life messages to each person around us. Every Mm -hmm. single person is doing it. You're doing it. I'm doing it. So my question is, what are those messages that we receive Uh, or have for the loved one? What messages did all the living receive from the one that's passed away? Now wake up and realize you're sending messages to those around you. Are you speaking light or darkness to one another? Really think about it. Say, I'm sorry more often. Forgive each other faster. Oh, shoot. That requires humility. (laughs) You know, say, I love you more often. Like these are this to me is the core of it. And I get to be. I get the joy and privilege of sitting through these and being reminded starkly how quick things can change. And yeah, it's it's a wake up call. Is that truth? I know my sister and I kind of have this debate going, she's all into truth, kind of injustice. And I'm all into love. And we're like, which one is greater? Like they're all one person, but I, I just know if I, if I'm speaking truth, and it's, it's whatever that, tr- and it may be true, but it's not ministering love. It's mm-hmm. actually being used in a destructive way. And so, um, and, and, and then who am I to know, right? You know, we have to be humble. So, you know, really engaging the Lord with what does loving the one in front of you look like? And I think a lot of times it just means keeping your mouth shut a lot that you don't need to well, say, you don't need to blab on all the time. And, and certainly as ministers, we don't need to have all the stinking answers, Right. I just saw a meme from Danny Prada from uh, Florida. He says, you can never go wrong letting another person be right. They get to be correct and you get to be free. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) You get to be free. Not having to be right is freedom. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting because you see this with Jesus a lot. A lot of times he just let people be wrong. <laughs> you know, he wasn't like, I am truth, but no, that's okay. We'll let you be wrong. And Absolutely. it can bring something out when it would minister to their heart. Listen, we're not really talking about the mountain we're worshiping on. We're really talking about your heart. Now let me minister to you. And that transformed her. Right. Yep. Love it. Yep. So beautiful. Quite incredible. Wow. I just sent you, I just sent you the meme. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I'll have to post that. That is wow. That is so powerful. I love that. There's freedom in not being right. Hallelujah. Yeah. There is. Well, that will change all religious conversations too. <laughs> Love it. I'm serious. That's why I first learned it. It's not about being right and even worse, right. being more right than the other person. That's right. churchianity. Oh my goodness. And it just brings uh, it just brings death. And the fruit of yeah. it is, oh, okay, now yeah, okay. Now we've yeah. just kind of destroyed relationship, you know. Yeah. Wow. Well, any we're kind of, I can't believe we're kind of nearing the oh my goodness. Time's up. Wow. Fast. Uh, I know. Right. Um, any final words of, I mean, this is kind of your wheelhouse. So I'm like, you know, yes, let me just receive of your wisdom, your experience. Um, people that are grieving, um, helps for them. Um, whatever you think. Ooh, those that are grieving, if you are the one grieving, grieve, don't suppress, don't stop it. Uh, see a counselor. Mm-hmm. really important if you're if you're having a hard time it doesn't have to be a hundred visits just a couple of visits um you get some tools 
uh, psychology is a science. It's, it's not voodoo. So there's, there are facts and proven ways to help individuals. The church has hijacked that and Christianized it, <laughs> you know, with, with, with churchy language. So I'd rather go to a psychologist than a pastor who has no counseling training, oh, <laughs> you oh, know? Absolutely. Yep. I mean, we need to be humble enough to let people who are anointed, even if they're not anointed in the name of Jesus, but this is yep. their wheelhouse. Yep. Let them minister, even though it may not be ministry, but let them give of what their, their expertise. And, and, and for beautiful. And for those, like for you, you have loved ones that you're having discussions with, and they're maybe not grieving, doing the steps the way they probably should be that you see. Um, to all of you folks, don't do anything. Let it be. You're not in charge of it. Um, because your loved ones already passed away, don't destroy relationships for trying to be right um, or better in, in with advice. Just let it happen. And when conversations become real, then you can have the real life heart to heart conversation about what can work. But then you're not telling them what to do. You're having a conversation, which is very different. So I guess stop pushing. You know, and, and just be, be present for when you can send a, a gift card to a family that's grieving, let them choose the food they want. Cause nowadays with all the gluten stuff and vegetarian things, just send them a gift card to a really good place. That's a, a super loving thing to do and let them have the freedom to go and choose when they want to eat. Right. And they don't so, have to finish it up in five no, months well, the we, food in the freezer for the next year. We did that all the time. Done. And and uh, the, the family that's grieving has to be there at the time you say it's it's right. loving, but it's a pain in the butt. Right. So exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great advice. Well, wow. that's so great. Well, Mike, I so appreciate you. I'm I'm excited with all these things that you're learning, and I love the fact oh, that man. you're like. I love it when you jump and say, Catherine, now rethink that. Cause that's, I love it. Like, yes, let me rethink that. That just, we're, we're, we're so better together. Aren't we? You know, oh, yeah. I mean? As a it works two ways. Yeah. You've pointed out stuff to me. Like, oh yeah. That's a tweak. Hmm. Yeah, that's like, so good. But you do that. We can do that because trust is there yeah. and no judgment. Oh my goodness. It's so good. I just, I love it's it. Rare. I love okay. It. Yeah. Can't always do that with everybody. Well, I, I love it. I love it that we can. And, yeah, I, and hopefully too. that we're, we're, we're creating a, a, a space where others can as well, right? Yeah. Where it's, it's okay to, to be free in it and to grow and to, oh my God, maybe get it wrong or maybe yeah. needed to step up or. People can reach out to me if they want to on Facebook or on my webpage, whatever it is. Um, if they have questions about, especially gr grieving and funerals and all that stuff and protocols, whatever, I'll give you my thoughts. You know, it's, it's just my thoughts of what I've seen work and what doesn't work. That's all. I'm happy to help if I can. That is so great. Well, I have got all your links and your, unless they've changed from the last time, uh, they'll be in the, in the notes and people definitely reach out to reach out to Mike. Cause he's got great stuff anyway, <laughs> even if it's not on grieving. So it works two but, ways. Yes. So anyway, it's all good. So thank you so much. It's always a joy. Yeah. And, um, I, I hope we're going to, we can have another conversation. Yeah. I would love that. Yep. Love it. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, make sure you check out Mike and his stuff. He's amazing and, um, have an amazing day.